2: The WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time, twelve oh three. It's great to have you with us for the Tuesday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Coto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Travel Tuesday, family reunions had to be canceled last summer. Will they need to be canceled again this summer? Right now, the latest check of home prices is out. Lots of speculation about what the Fed is going to do as well. Let's welcome Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg, based in New York. Carl Carl, let's begin with home prices. They just keep climbing.
3: Well, good afternoon. Yes, home prices are on a tear in 2021, and uh, that, that uh, is on the heels of a very strong performance last year as well. Uh, what we're seeing here is a uh, phenomenon of very low interest rates, in fact, record low interest rates uh, for mortgages and uh, very little supply. Uh, of inventory, so a uh, 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 headline a few uh, few weeks ago was that there are more realtors than uh, homes for sale in the US. Uh, the inventory is uh, just bare bones, uh, and that means that uh, the healthy demand created by uh, alternative work arrangements like working from home and whatnot, uh, and also just a covering economy always generates uh, appetite for uh, housing. Uh, means that uh, little little supply, lots of demand, that's a recipe for rising prices, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon.
2: Any impact on the broader economy with rising home prices? I mean, okay, it seems like it's pretty good if you're selling your house. Are, Are there any challenges because of it, though?
3: Well, it's definitely a seller's market and I know uh, there's all kinds of uh, uh, wild anecdotes of uh, people buying houses uh, sight unseen and uh, crazy bidding wars with uh, strange uh, parameters and whatnot. Uh, But in terms of the broader economy, I think what we're ultimately going to see uh, is a lot of uh, potential home buyers uh, first time home buyers and lower income home buyers uh, being shut out of the market and forced back into uh, rental situations uh, we haven't seen a pickup in rents just yet in reported data, uh, but I suspect we're uh, starting to move in that direction given the the aggressive job gains we're seeing the economy's coming back online uh, folks are going to have to live Uh, as they move into these uh, new jobs. And that's going to start to uh, turn the trend of uh, decelerating rent uh, prices in the economy that we saw for much of last year. Uh, I suspect that's going to start uh, trending higher relatively soon.
2: Let's pivot to the Fed. It seems like the consensus is the Fed is going to stand pat for a while on its policies.
3: Yes, the Fed worked hard in 2020 to really... Uh, craft their communications so they'd be on a uh, a very evident glide path uh, for policy, whether it's interest rate policy or or the the asset purchases known as quantitative easing. Uh, They wanted to have those on firm trajectories so there wouldn't be a debate at every meeting, uh, is now the time they're going to change course, et cetera, et cetera. Um, They've laid out some parameters there, and so uh, this is a Fed that's kind of removed itself as a a source of financial market volatility uh, from the equation, at least for the foreseeable future. So it's a a watch-and-wait type of uh, Fed meeting tomorrow.
2: Thanks so much for all of the analysis. Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg in New York. Just ahead, Tesla's bet on Bitcoin pays off big time. It was a lucrative quarter for electric car maker Tesla. Let's find out why. Garrett Nelson is here, Senior Equity Analyst at CFRA, based in Richmond, Virginia. Garrett, good to have you with us. So what's going on at Tesla?
4: Sure, thanks for having me. It was a solid quarter overall. Um, it, it beat. it consensus by about $0.15. Cents. Uh, but despite that, the stock is uh, down nearly 4% right now. So I think a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads, you know, why. Um, we think it, it's because of the lack of specific guidance um, regarding their 2021 vehicle sales. and um, But we think that's an intentional move on, on Tesla's part. They really want investors to be more focused on longer-term goals And the companies plan to grow their annual vehicle sales by a factor of 40 over the next decade. So, um, And and there's a lot of issues that are affecting Tesla and other automakers, such as part shortages. And um, the semiconductor shortages have been very well publicized. So, um, you know, that's where things stand today uh, with Tesla.
2: And let's talk about their Bitcoin bet. Uh, It's been sort of, I guess, fascinating news that, that people have covered, but they actually made some money.
4: They did, and they benefited from rising uh, Bitcoin prices uh, during the first quarter. Um, of course, since then, over the last couple of weeks, Bitcoin has has sold off some. So, you know, we think any money they made in the first quarter, you know, concern uh, has now shifted to what Bitcoin prices are going to do in the second quarter. And there's really a lot of concern that they, they've kind of tied the stock price um, to the price of bitcoin which is not 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 a good thing in our view so um but they they did well with that investment uh in the first quarter
2: uh, let's talk about uh, going forward here you touched on this a little bit uh tesla still pretty optimistic about its future
4: they are so the there are two big factories which are under construction one in germany the other in texas are on track for completion and first uh Sales by the end of this year. They also have a new vehicle they'll be selling by the end of this year. The semi truck, and then the cyber Cybertruck um, will start uh, uh, be produced early next year. So, you know, those things are on track, and those are the those two factories are, are really the major growth drivers. You know, looking ahead to next year and beyond.
2: Let's talk about uh, maybe a recommendation on Tesla stock. I mean, they're down about three and a half percent today on the news.
4: Sure. We have a hold opinion on the stock, uh, really for a couple of reasons. Because of the massive run-up last year, uh, we're seeing a a period where we think the stock's going to consolidate, move sideways, which it has been doing so far this year. And also, we have concerns regarding uh, increasing competition. And that competition is imminent at this point. When you look at the new vehicles that other competing electric vehicle upstarts, are coming out with, uh, such as Lucid Motors, Rivian, in addition to some of the electric vehicle models, which are coming out very soon from the likes of Volkswagen, Daimler, General Motors, and others. So, you know, that competition uh, really has us concerned right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thinking about the fact that just about everyone's going to be doing electric. I mean, that's the one thing that Tesla had that really made it unique.
4: That's right. And I think you know, what? Uh, competition has been a concern. People have been talking about it for a long time, but, you know, the fact is it's finally here. You'll, you'll be seeing these vehicles on the road uh, in the next three to six months. And, you know, these vehicles, the, when you look at the specs, the, the, the price, and the single-charge electric vehicle range, which are by far the two most important factors for someone considering buying an electric vehicle – the specs of these vehicles that are coming out are very competitive with a Tesla product. So that's, that's what's, What's really changed.
2: Thanks so much, Garrett Nelson, Senior Equity Analyst, CFRA, again Tesla stock today, down about three and a half percent. Up next, a boutique hotel in downtown Chicago features a chef-driven restaurant and an art museum.
5: A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
2: The 21C Museum Hotel Chicago, 55 East Ontario, offering a unique experience in the city. Along with high-end accommodations, there's an art museum and a fine dining restaurant. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus business line, Mark Condi, business travel sales manager, 21C Museum Hotel here in Chicago. Mark, it's good to have you on the noon business hour. So talk to us about the 21C Museum Hotel and, and especially what makes it different.
5: Well, Cisco, first of all, thank you for having us on. The one thing that that differs us from any other hotel, we are a museum first with a boutique hotel attached to it. No other company can claim that exact statement.
2: So we say museum. Or are we talking about contemporary art? Give us sort of a thumbnail of what people see if they come to the museum.
5: Well, the, the 21C brand is to bring contemporary art to the public through innovative exhibits and proga- programming. And so the hotel blurs the lines between contemporary art museum and but- boutique hotel.
2: So if people come, uh, they get more of an experience than just finding a place to sleep for the night.
5: Exactly. You can even arrange your own appointments with our museum manager on property for your own private tour. Only hotel in the city that can offer such such things.
2: So on the show, we're talking to lots of people, but also some business owners, entrepreneurs, those sorts of people. Uh, what made uh, the, the people who kind of came up with the concept here, what, what made them think, hey, this is the hole in the market, this is how we can distinguish ourselves from other hotels?
5: Well, our 21C founders, Laura Lee Brown and Steve Wilson, had this vast art collection and they said, what should we do with it? And they said, let's display it in a museum. Wait a minute. And let's put a hotel with that. That's how the whole concept began.
2: So people are thinking, oh, great, I come, uh, I stay, comfortable hotel, and I I also get the museum. But people can come to the museum whether they stay there or not. Is that correct? Correct.
5: That is correct. You can even make your own personal appointment online with our own museum manager for your own private tour.
2: Do we expect that the the, the things that are on display in that museum, that that'll be changing over time and evolving?
5: Well, we try to rotate between our other properties pieces of the exhibit throughout, whether it comes from Nashville, Bentonville. Remember, the whole collection is private, so they do rotate pieces but not the whole vast collection, because we have 110 pieces just on this property alone.
2: So is this, we, we've talked several times on the show about consumers really wanting experiences now more than necessarily material possessions. They, they, they just really want to have fun and have a good time. Uh, is that the, the idea of the need for experience? Is that also what's behind the concept? Well, that's also
5: beyond the concept, but you also can add a staycation or a pet lover's vacation to stay with us and experience the museum as well, as well as the offerings of the city of Chicago.
2: All right. Good stuff. Thanks so much. That is Mark Condi, business travel sales manager at the 21C Museum Hotel, Chicago. That's at 55 East Ontario. Still ahead, Travel Tuesday. After a lot of cancellations over the past year, family reunions are again being put on the calendar. This is Chicago's all news station, News Radio 780
5: and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
2: Good afternoon, I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The CDC issues new guidelines for mask wearing. A special report from CBS News is next. Travel Tuesday, more people are getting the vaccine. People are again planning family reunions. We'll discuss making it both safe and enjoyable. And as more people get the vaccine, employers are looking at a return to the office. However, not everyone is on board. Wall Street the Dow down 20. The NASDAQ is now down 35. And the S&P is down one point. Oil is up 1%. A few clouds in Chicagoland, but also lots of sunshine. Right now it's 79 degrees at O'Hare, 75 downtown. Today we're heading up to a high of 85 degrees. CBS News special report. The CDC just out with updated guidelines on what those vaccinated against COVID-19 can do. They include walking outdoors alone or with members of your household without wearing a mask. And says CDC director Rochelle Walensky,
6: if you are fully vaccinated and want to attend a small outdoor gathering with people who are vaccinated and vaccinated or dine at an outdoor restaurant with friends from multiple households, the science shows if you're vaccinated, you can do so safely.
2: More from correspondent Stephen Portnoy. These new guidelines give a CDC thumbs up to outdoor exercise without masks, even for those who have not yet been vaccinated. But in crowds or indoors, especially when around others who may not have been vaccinated, in stores, restaurants, salons and movie theaters, masks are still recommended for the fully vaccinated. President Biden is set to deliver remarks on the pandemic shortly. CBS News Special Report, I'm Matt Piper. It's 1232
5: conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
2: The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets a little sluggish today. The Dow down 25, NASDAQ down 36, and the S&P is down one point. Let's see what's going on. Jim Welsh is here, macro strategist and portfolio manager. You can find him online at macrotides.com. Jim, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today?
7: Well, it's just kind of treading water for the most part, uh, Cisco. The markets, you know, have been either making new all-time highs or close to it in terms of most of the major averages. And, uh, you know, I think we're just taking a breath of fresh air, if you will, uh, after a pretty good run.
2: So no reason, I mean, I guess we're always looking at our portfolios, but no reason, based on what you've seen recently or any of the earnings reports, to really start making major changes?
7: Not yet, but I do believe this is kind of a little bit, in my opinion, the calm before the storm, because I think as we move a few months from now, some of the inflation data that we're going to see receive, Cisco, is going to be uh, much stronger and persistent than what the Federal Reserve, I think, expects. And as we get past mid-year, I, I think the bond market and financial markets are going to start to react and anticipate when the Fed is going to, A, start tapering, and then begin to pull forward when the Fed will raise rates. So I think inflation is going to be a bigger problem than the Fed um, you know, expects. That simple.
2: Now talk about why you think inflation is a problem. I mean, I'm thinking what it does to the economy and also what it does to your portfolio right before your eyes.
7: Yeah, well, the big thing is, you know, we had years and years. I mean, the Obama administration, Trump administration, GDP growth averaged 2.4%, excluding 2009 and 2020. So you had an environment where for a company to raise prices, they would only do so, or they, you know, most of them didn't because they didn't want to lose market share. Now we're getting a huge surge of demand. Uh, which makes it easier for companies to raise prices, especially those companies that were most uh, affected by the pandemic, uh, travel, restaurants. But we're seeing a huge increase in so many input costs, both in terms on the food side as well as industrial metals prices. So you have, in my opinion, kind of a perfect storm coming together where we're going to see a lot of companies be able to raise prices and not being afraid that they're going to lose market share Because their competitors are going to raise prices, too, to take advantage of this big increase in demand that we're going to see. And I think that's going to make a big difference in terms of the inflation data that we see over the next three to six months.
2: I want to ask you a question about the tech sector in general. You you have Apple updating the operating system. It's really going to limit, in some cases, how much data apps get. And that's that's a big part of how the apps make money, right? Getting data on the consumers. Uh, Any concern, again, generally about the tech sector? and how that may eat into earnings?
7: Yeah, I I think, um, you know, just looking at the QQQ, which is the NASDAQ 100, which is weighted about 45 to 50% by the biggest tech companies, the five or six biggest ones, that average looks like it's nearing a top to me. And I think we're going to see a pullback uh, in the tech sector and storylines that you just brought up are going to be part of that equation. So, I, you know, again, I think the market is nearing a peak over the next 30 to 60 days. And I think as we get past July, it's going to be a more difficult environment as people anticipate changes in Fed policy, the potential for tax increases. Plus, the year-over-year data is going to show deceleration. So the news is going to be good but decelerating. And that's not a you know a great backdrop as opposed to what we're experiencing now where the data is accelerating.
2: So if that's the case, if we're seeing some tops here, what is an investor to do?
7: I would hold Pat right now, Cisco. Things like the advanced decline line are making new all-time highs. So I don't think there's a lot of danger in the near term for a large market correction. So I would be patient. But I think adding new money at this price level is probably not going to be uh worth it if we go out 3 to 6 months from now. So hey. I think just sit pat and we'll wait to see what how things unfold over the next 30 to 60 days and if I'm right about inflation, we'll see how the markets begin to take that news.
2: Yeah, you know, it takes restraint though, doesn't it? I mean it's really tough, especially, well not especially, I guess even if you're seasoned it takes uh, great discipline not to go I don't know if I like this, let me start making some changes.
7: Yeah, but that's one of the keys to, you know, long-term investing is being patient and wait for signs of deterioration to truly show. And that's why, for me, I use a lot of technical analysis, in, in addition to the fundamental stuff, because technical analysis can start to show you cracks that appear typically before the fundamentals start to turn sour. So right now, the, on balance, the technicals look okay. I just think, as I said, after the July 1st, I think the fundamental story is going to deteriorate, and then we'll see if the technical stuff deteriorates right along with it, and that will provide, I think, a warning worth heeding.
2: Thanks for the great analysis. That's Jim Welsh. You can find him online at macrotides.com. Up next, Travel Tuesday, strategies for a fun and safe family reunion loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour. Family reunions are back as distribution of the COVID vaccine widens. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com. Uh, Cindy, I'm glad that we're talking about this here, how, how to do this, how to do it safe. My family and I had a family reunion planned for last summer. We were going to have people from all over the country, Puerto Rico, all coming here to Chicago to hang out and we had to cancel it so we're wondering if it's safe is there a way again to do this safely
0: well i think that depends on your family uh <laughs> you, you i mean you know yourself right if right. who's vaccinated who's medically vulnerable all those things still matter but if you feel like everybody's physically ready and you've gotten vaccinated then i think we can start talking about it again because none of us have seen family for what 14 months now going on 15
2: well and that's what people have to weigh right okay so it's been a long time some of these family members are older and if you want to spend time with them the idea of waiting for next summer it just may not work
0: well it's so true and uh, you know the 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 upside of of planning a family re- reunion this year is Scheduling is so much easier, you know. Usually, just trying to get everybody together, the hard part is to work around all the things that everybody's doing. And these days, we're not doing that much, so people's schedules are a lot more open. So you can probably find a time when you can do it. Still, you know, choosing outdoor destinations when you can be outside more than inside is really smart. You know, I mean, we're so we're planning too. My my family, my side of the family, we're going to take an Amtrak train ride. To Colorado and be together for five days, but everybody's vaccinated, and you know we're in, and we've been in pods and things like that, so we feel okay about that. My husband's side of the family, we're going to rent a big house, and his ninety-five-year-old mother is going to come, but we'll do a lot of stuff outside, and um, you know, and we know what we'll, we feel like it'll be safe. We're not going to invite people that shouldn't be there
2: well yeah keep it to only the people who really have to be there and uh, i guess distancing in some capacity either with vaccines probably part of the equation
0: oh yeah everybody oh yeah you have to be vaccinated or you don't get to come that's the rule
2: yeah because otherwise yeah you're taking on that risk and you you can end up infecting a whole bunch of people uh so how do you deal with the best destination to do something like this
0: Well, you know, again, it depends on your family. I used to recommend things like cruise ships and all-inclusive resorts for family reunions because everybody gets their own room, which is always nice, and there's plenty of things to do, and you just come together for dinner at the end of the day. You know, cruises aren't cruising right now, and all-inclusive resorts, you're going to be with a lot of other people. So I think this is the kind of year where you keep it a little smaller, you keep it a little closer to home. If, if everybody's coming from the Chicago area, maybe you go rent a big house in, in Wisconsin or, or Southwest Michigan, where you can be outside and do things on the lake.
2: Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, getting outside is really important. And uh, so that probably means, I mean, you're not inside all watching sports games or something around a TV. You got to get out.
0: Well, yeah, you know, again, it depends on your family. Some families are going to be really happy sitting around the TV watching the, sp- the the baseball game on TV, but other families really want to be outside playing baseball. And I think that's really the answer is to figure out a way that you can sort of, have a lot of different activities so that there's something that keeps everybody happy. The teenagers aren't sitting around grousing because, you know, they couldn't do whatever they wanted to do. Um, And then you just all plan to come together at the end of the day and have dinner together and share your day. So there is time together, but there's also time apart if you need that.
2: Uh, One of the things that we've been talking about in my family as well, I mentioned, you know, older family members. A lot of people have lost loved ones over the past year. Uh, Is there a way to make this reunion also, I I don't know, some some sort of a a time to honor someone that maybe you loved and didn't get to spend time with?
0: I think that's a lovely thing. I, I think absolutely. I think there'll be a lot of families that are doing that. It's very sad to think about that grandma or grandpa can't be with you or, you know, the aunt that everybody loved it's the reality of what we've been through. So planning the family reunion as a way to honor that person, I think is a lovely gesture. And, you know, it doesn't even need to be a a sort of really big memorial service. It can just be, you know, um, Uh, an evening where you talk about her and you share the stories. I think that's a very nice idea.
2: Thanks so much, Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com. That's Travel Tuesday. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. Still to come today, some tension in the air as more employees return to the workplace. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. After a year of working at home, more employees are returning to the office. Some of them, not very happy about it. Michelle Reisdorf is here, a jobs expert at Robert Half here in Chicago. Uh, Michelle, I mean, there's probably a lot of challenges here. One of them, I'm going to guess, is just that commute. You have so many employees that got used to a year without a commute, and now they don't want to be stuck in traffic again.
6: Exactly. Um, Big change after being home for a
2: year. So how uh, how are they making the transition? I mean, do they are they talking with their bosses about maybe a flexible schedule or or what what are their options? What does this look like?
6: Yeah, um, a lot of employees are requesting still to have somewhat of a hybrid schedule where maybe they're only in the office a couple of days a week. Um, if at all, and definitely a flexible schedule to work around that situation.
2: And this is something that, if I understand correctly, I mean, any employee who's been at home, they're going to have to think about this as more and more employers just about every day talk about returning back.
6: Absolutely. And, you know, commute isn't the only concern. I mean, a couple of things that, you know, they're looking at is some of them still need flexible schedules because they are still taking care of maybe children or parents at home. Um, You know, some are looking at just their health and safety concerns about returning to the office and what the setup looks like. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of questions coming from employees to employers about what that looks like in the future.
2: And what are you seeing with companies, given the fact that, well, in many cases, working from home has worked okay? I mean, companies have still been profitable. Workers have still been getting their work done. And if they cut back a little bit, they can save on that rent.
6: (laughs) Yes, for Sure. Um, You know, companies are definitely looking at a more flexible approach, you know, most of the clients that we work with are definitely considering some sort of hybrid schedule, where it does involve both remote and in the office. Um, And so, you know, they're very open in order to keep top employees and top talent. Uh, They've got to be flexible in today's day and time.
2: Now, I I know you're not a lawyer, so I'm not asking for a legal opinion. But in general, do employees have any ability here to say, no, I'm not coming back to the office? I'm not comfortable with it. I'm staying at home. or, Or do they pretty much have to go along with their employer?
6: Well, certainly, I think, you know, employees can always consider looking for other roles if they're not satisfied. Um, You know, we recently did a study that did say one in three employees will consider either giving notice or looking for a new job if they're required to work five days a week in the office. So, you know, they certainly have the option to look at other jobs if that is a requirement.
2: Thanks so much, Michelle Reisdorf, a jobs expert at Robert Half here in Chicago. You'll find past programs later today, a podcast of this hour, at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.